What makes your mom happy? Flowers. When I listen, when I be good or something. What makes your mom sad? When I don't listen, oh, I come to get hurt. What's something that your mom does every day? Read the Bible, cleans the house, and I think work. Kisses me. What's something your mom always says to you? I love you and brush my teeth. Go clean your room. Behave. Don't let the dog upstairs. Do not bother mom while she's sleeping. How old is your mom? I think five. Twelve. That's a very, very tricky question. Um, I know she's um, a half and something. Seventy. What's your mom's favorite thing to do? Play with me. Sit in that chair. Date night. Shop. Shopping. Go shopping. She's shopping every day. She always wants to go shopping. She and I get tired. Doing that's kind of boring. Where's your mom's favorite place to go? Chinese restaurant. An animal shelter. Thank it's to the mall. Go to the restroom. <laughs> How are you and your mom the same? Our hair, our eyes. We we'll have the same phones. We're really flexible. We both have long tongues, but my sister and my dad don't really. How are you and your mom different? Our eyes are different. The color of me, I'm brown and she's tan. Mom has curly hair and I have straight hair. I do have better abs. What's your favorite thing about your mom? That she doesn't like to be away from us. When she gets down the floor and plays with me. She's a really good teacher. I like her face. Her smile. When she lets me put on her makeup. That I can cuddle with her at night. She is really special. She's really, 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 really nice. How do you know that your mom loves you? She prays and she kisses me and she says I love you. She's in my family. How she takes care of us. By making breakfast. Do my laundry. That she helps me get dressed. Takes me to all the things I do after school. That she plays games with me. Play soccer with me. Play bubbles. When I sit in her lap. We watch movies. We get our nails painted. Make a scrapbook. Fish. Outside cookouts and bonfires. She spends time with us and not all by herself. She's patient. With us. She does everything with me. Because she says it every day. Kisses me every night. And all kinds of stuff. I just know that she loves me because she says, I'll always love you. She's awesome. She loves me no matter what. Like God. I love you, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day. Please stand and worship with us this, today.
Welcome. We're glad to have you here this morning. Uh, At this time, I'd like to have all of our high school graduating seniors come up here. They're going to come up and join me here at the uh, altar. Come on up, guys. And this is the time of the year which can be a little bit bittersweet for us because we have this opportunity to uh, take a moment and thank God for our graduating seniors and to thank God for them and to take a moment to pray for them and ask for his blessing on their life as they go forward from here. Uh, Just a moment to recognize this significant milestone and also to affirm them and to uh, affirm them as part of our congregation and students that we love and uh, really hope that God will continue to bless as they go forward. And uh, so before we have a prayer for them, I'm going to They're really not going to like this, but we're going to start the microphone down at that end. And real briefly, just so that you, uh, maybe you don't know everyone that's here, we're going to have them just say their name, where they graduated from, and what they're doing next year. All right? So, and we hope that you'll remember this and, uh, you know, spend some time in prayer for these young people. Uh, My name is Steve Yoon. And I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and going to California next year for business. Um, my name is Osazo Osadolor. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm going to UMass Boston. My name is Dapo Gunshola. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm going to New Jersey for biology. My name is Nam. I'm graduating in Houghton Academy, and I'm going to go to Arkansas for college. My name is Abube Akaboise, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and going to American University. My name is Demi Akingbe. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to the University of Denver. My name is Navida. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to, next year, I'm going to Wisconsin for philosophy. My name is Carolyn Montania. I'm graduating from Belfast Central School, and my plans for next year are still undecided. My name is Ken. I graduate from Houghton Academy, and I will go to California State University next year. My name is An, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to UIC for next year. My name is Hermon. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I plan to study pre-med in college. Hi, my name is Ni. I'm graduated from Horn Academy and I'm going to major in communication in college. Oh, my name is Jessica. I'm graduated from Horn Academy and I'm going to Indiana University <coughs> at Bloomington next year. My name is Whoop. I will graduate from Horn Academy and I will go to California for my college. My name is Ryan Pelletier. I'm graduating from Fillmore, and I'm hoping to study math and computer science. My name is Fong. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Houghton College next year. My name is Luka Yajima, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to UMass Boston and for a psychology major. My name is Jimmy Fab. Uh, I'm from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to George Mason University for business. My name is Jack. I'm graduating from Holden Academy. I'm going to Rice University next year. My name is CJ Yao. I'm going to uh, University of Arizona. Uh, my name is Edward. Uh, I'm graduating from Holden Academy and going to UConn next year. My name is Quinn. I'm graduating from Holden Academy and going for JCC next year. All right. So I'm going to have you guys go ahead and turn around and kneel right at this altar here. And um, any of you that would like to could come up and just lay hands on them. I've asked uh, two or three different people to pray over them. Uh, go ahead and kneel right down here, guys, at the altar. And uh, we could just gather around them and, uh, and pray for God's blessing on their lives as they go. And uh, that would be fantastic.
Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the lives of these beautiful young people. We thank you that you have entrusted them to us for these years. And we bring them before you just as the moms and dads brought their children to you in the presence of the disciples. And you laid hands on them and you blessed them on their way. We pray, Lord, that each one of these would accept your loving lordship, that each of these young people would seek your perfect will, and that everyone would revel in the joy of your presence throughout their life. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father God, we're so excited for the accomplishments that all these students have made. And we know the plans, or we don't know the plans that you have for them. Some of them may think they know the plans that they have for them for the next couple weeks, couple months, couple years. But we know that you are the one that knows the plans. And I pray that you will just reveal your plans in these students' lives. Show them what you would have them to do. Show them how they can serve you the best way that you would want them to. I just pray a special blessing right now on each one of these students that you will just guide their paths, that you will help them to become closer to you in everything that they do. In Jesus' name, amen. So much for every one of these students here. You love them with an everlasting love. Help them to know that. Help them to know the depth, the breadth, the height, the length of your love for them in Christ. We pray that they will, wherever they go from here, that they will know your presence with them, how much you love them. We pray that our words of encouragement through the years and our prayers for them and our involvement in their lives would remind them of your love. And we pray, Father, that they will desire to serve you, to know you, and to follow you all the days of their lives. Pour out your richest blessings upon each of them. And we pray this through Christ Jesus. Our Father and our God, it's really exciting. Wes is probably sits down here and wondering where all these kids came from four years ago, three years ago, two years ago. We just thank you for bringing them here to this church and for the, for the families and the people in this church that have been involved with our students to love them and care for them. Help them to remember this time as they leave here and they go to different universities around this country and some will go home. I pray that your love and the word of God that has been burned in their hearts would stay with them and that they would reach the world around as they, as they head out. May they reach out and may other Christians reach to them and may, may they feel the warmth and the love that they've received here. I just thank you and we love them. I thank you for your son and for what he's done for us. Amen. Thanks, guys. God bless you. We love you. you can go back to your seats. Back to their seats. I want to invite everyone to stand and just share a word of greeting with each other here in worship this morning.
Education is the career of culture. People around the world act and think according to what they have been taught and experienced. How effective could that education be for the kingdom of God if it were tied to the truth of scripture? African evangelical pastors and church leaders recognize that the only hope of successfully resolving the deep problems within Africa is with an education system that is grounded in scripture, that has a biblical worldview, and that is specifically Africa. Sending books will not work. Sending teachers will not work. We must assist our African siblings to develop their own materials and then equip them to reach their culture. The goal of 10.3 is to assist in the discipleship of the people of Africa for generations to come. 10.3 responds, develops, and equips so that Jesus Christ will be honored. 10.3 is not just giving people knowledge, but bringing about transformation. Of course, we've been having education, but we don't have transformation education. 10.3 is focused on responding to these expressed educational needs with plans and programs that are effective in Africa. We are developing these programs with curriculum written by educators from African cultures. And we are equipping our African brothers and sisters so that they may teach those who will in turn teach others. The Transformational Education Network. talking to everybody, but you listen up. All right, there you are. Computer science and math. What in the world is he going to do with that? Forgot. Imagine uh, Dr. Shirley Mullen getting in a taxi right now and going to the coast, getting in a ship, going nine hours, getting seasick, getting to a foreign country, getting in another taxi, going 16 hours inland to where she doesn't know whether she's going to be shot or not for being a Christian to come hear this old guy speak about computers. Principal Henry and his computer teacher, Emmanuel, did that. They came from Cameroon and went deep into Nigeria two years ago to come hear me. And they were unusual. They had a very fine school. I've been there. It's in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. You wouldn't believe it. Waterfalls coming off the mountains and stuff like this. They have a beautiful computer lab. They have generator backup. They have a dream of what Africans could dream of for computer education. And Emmanuel's a top-notch computer teacher. So why in the world did they come all that way to listen to me? Well, this is what they said. Father Computer, we've got all that. But for 25 years, you've been preaching the gospel through computers. You guys got guts. Godly use of technology. And that's what we need. We've got a continent of people. I have top-notch educators, church leaders, and even parents, mothers coming with tears in their eyes, saying, this is ripping us apart. Oh, this is, by the way, my phone. Can you believe i got a phone this big, guys? This thing is ripping us apart. Our iPods, our iPhones, our Androids, they're destroying that culture. Anything that has a powerful use for good has a powerful use for evil. And Henry told me that even some of his students were becoming demon-possessed through websites. You, most of you don't even believe in demons, but you believe in your iPhone. Demons are as real as your iPhone, guys. So, what do you do? you got a continent crying to you. Well, 21 years ago, this college, Houghton College, sent 12 six-year-old computers to Africa with this missionary. And uh, this September, there'll be the celebration of a college that was started by those six old computers. 28 years ago, you believed in a young couple that were going to go to computer work in Africa. We weren't with Wycliffe. Nobody believed that a computer person could have any impact but by God's grace, many hundreds of people have come to the Lord. I've started multiple organizations, 
And it's not because I'm great, but it's because God's done something. And guess what? I don't know how many there are in here, but there's at least 200 of you. How would you like to impact 2,000 lives? How would you like to be able to do it by just going and finding me one old laptop? Who wants a 10-year-old laptop? It can't run on the Internet. can't go fast. Just take a brochure. I don't have a laptop, you said. Find somebody. Change 10 lives every year. Those laptops will continue and continue. Every year you can change 10 lives. How? They go all the way through the scripture. They learn the story of God, and God's story changes people. So grab a brochure as you go out. How else can you help? Well, for first time, I think, in our career, I don't know exactly when, but one of the things bad about getting old is your supporters go to heaven. So... Our supporters will go, you don't even know who I am. I actually am a member of this church. My name is Dr. Anthony Petrillo, and I'm the, I'm the president of that organization. And uh, this year, our support, our income is less than our expenses. And Nancy and I, by God's grace, we have, we have no debt. So that's just our living expenses um, because people are going to heaven. So some of you young guys, why don't you support an old missionary? Some of you older people, pick up a card. Think about supporting us. And if you can't do it financially, then pray for us. But we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for this church. Thank you so much. Thanks, Anthony. We appreciate it, and it's exciting. It's amazing the things that God is doing through this ministry and uh, continuing to serve and uh, multiplying ways as uh, we contribute and support and encourage you to do that. We do want to say Happy Mother's Day uh, to those of you who are mothers here and uh, pray that it's a great day for you. Hope you have the opportunity to be with your family today. There are just a few things I want to highlight in the bulletin. Uh, our elections are next week. There are uh, booklets in the back with uh, pictures and some biographical information about people who are on the ballot. You can also access that through our website in a digital format. And next Sunday night is our vision meeting. We're meeting in the community room. We'd love to have everybody come. doesn't matter if you're a member or not. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, if you can, maybe bring a plate or two of some uh, cookies or bars or something to share. And uh, we'll, we'll spend about an hour just talking together and uh, talking about what God has done and some things about what we feel God is leading us to do in the days ahead. Uh, there's also an insert in your bulletin about something going on today, uh, Wellspring uh, Ministries uh, down in Angelica. A ministry that we support. We'll hear more about it next week, actually. Uh, they're sponsoring a concert by uh, Bill John Newborough here at the church at 3 o'clock today. And we want to invite you to be a part of that gathering uh, here in the sanctuary. Uh, also, we have uh, just uh, one other uh, prayer. I guess it's a praise. Uh, Mike and Jill Jordan were blessed with a little boy last night. was born to them, uh, Gabriel Isaac. I think about 8.30 last evening, everyone seems to be doing fine, so we celebrate this gift of new life with Mike and Jill and their family. A few years ago, we went with our youth group to the Love Mercy Convention in Baltimore. We heard about people suffering from lack of water while we take our water for granted. Not only is dehydration a problem, but unsanitary diseased water kills many people. Many people in Zambia only get 3.1 gallons of water to use for one day, water that they have to walk miles and miles to get. They use this water for bathing, cooking, drinking, and many other things. Only 3.1 gallons of water. It takes us 3.6 gallons of water to flush a toilet. We wanted to do something to help, so we started Quench. We've been working with World Hope International to raise money. We've had many fundraisers over the past two years to reach our goal. We want to build two wells, each well approximately $5,000. Next weekend, we're having a fundraising dinner that we hope will carry us through to the completion of our $10,000 goal. Um, The barbecue dinner 
will be on May 19th in the community room from 11 to 1. You have an insert in your bulletin uh, with more information, and there's also a pre-order slip in there if you want to sign up for that and put it in the offering plate when we pass that around. Uh, we're still actually looking for some donations of food, uh, specifically baked beans, shredded cabbage, and some 9 by 13 inch frosted cakes. So you can talk to us or to Pastor John if you want to donate food. Um, we just want to say thank you all for helping us these last few years. Uh, we never could have done any of this by ourselves. And it's been amazing to see what the Lord has done through us all working together as the body of Christ. And ask the ushers to come and assist us to giving our tithes and offerings. And Rachel tells me they have raised about nine thousand of the ten thousand. So we're getting really close. So your support really helped to uh, reach that goal, and it's been exciting to watch how God has put this burden in their lives and how that spread to a lot of others. And uh, so thank you in, in advance for your support. We'll ask the ushers to come and assist us as we give, and also children ages 2 to 5 may be dismissed for Children's Church.
going to spend a few moments praying together, and if you would like to use the altar rail as your place of prayer, please come and join me. Invisible God, only wise. There is so much about you that we do not know, that we cannot know. And we worship you as the Almighty God, completely other than us, sovereign of all. And yet, Father, you have revealed yourself through your spirit and through your word, through your son. We know that you are a God of love and mercy and grace and a God of truth and power and a God who desires relationship with us. And so today we come as your children asking for your mercy even as we declare our praise. Father, we give you thanks today for the gift of family. We realize that family comes in all shapes and sizes and exists with varying degrees of of success and righteousness. We want to thank you for the people you have given us, who have nurtured us and cared for us and loved us. Father, we know no family is perfect. So we pray that you would help us. Help us to be parents who love our children, who lead our children to Christ in all that we do. Help us to be children who love our parents in the spirit of Christ's love in all that we do. In all of our family connections, fill us with grace and mercy to be people who love and forgive, who show kindness and mercy who respect one another and honor one another and who want nothing more than what is best for each other. Father, we pray for all of the the needs that we represent today. Heal all who are sick. Comfort all who grieve. Give mercy and grace to all who are struggling with the realities of life that come to us. Father, we pray for all of the graduates from yesterday's commencement. We pray that you will anoint them and pour out your grace upon them through the Spirit of Christ. Father, we pray that you will transform us, that we might live as resurrection people in a world that is so often filled with heartache and pain and suffering. As we celebrate again... This Sunday, the resurrection of Christ, let the truth and the reality and the power of the resurrected Christ be the purpose and the motivation of our lives this day and every day. It's in the name of our risen Savior that we pray with the joy and confidence of resurrection people. Amen. Our scripture reading today can be found in Psalm 27, verses 1 through 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, 
He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord.
Good morning. So Pastor John asked me to talk about what God's been doing in my life lately. And at first glance, it didn't seem like I had a whole lot going on. Because um, I don't exactly have what a lot of people would consider to be an exciting testimony, being born in Houghton, Christian since I was six. I haven't had anything horrible happen to me. But I started looking at more like subtle things that he's been doing in my life. Uh, one of the things that was brought to my attention was that I've been able to have a lot of opportunities to share my faith with other people through conversations. So one of the verses that came to mind when I thought of this idea was Proverbs 12:18 uh, from the NIV. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the words of the wise bring healing. So that to me lined up really well with what Dr. Petrillo said about how things that can be used for good are also easy to be used for evil. But so with that in mind, there's kind of two different audiences to me about who you can talk to about your faith. One is believers, and then there's non-believers, both which can be handled differently. But so I kind of thought about how it was God's commandment to share him with other people, but that wasn't necessarily the exact reason why we should just want naturally as Christians want to save people from that idea. So one of the things that came to mind was what John Cole said a while ago at Sunday school. He said, it's kind of like if he was driving by my house at 2.30 in the morning and he saw my house on fire, he could either keep driving and say nothing or he could come and knock on my house and get me out of there. It's a good analogy because it's a lot kind of like how you can either try and save people or not from what they're doing. So that kind of helped me along with thinking about that. But one of the things that is really easy to be taken for is sounding judgmental when you're talking to people. Uh, just it needs to be out of love. And a lot of times if you don't really know whether to speak up about a certain long-term issue or something, it's a good thing to pray. Uh, God does give a lot of opportunities, I feel like. Uh, one of the reasons why this has been kind of a great thing that's been happening in my life lately is because high schoolers tend to be more open about this thing kind of at some point because they're finally getting to the point where they can, they're not afraid to talk about things that they believe. So basically that one group, even with people that aren't Christians, it's just a good thing to kind of have relationships with people and be able to share what you think with them. And the other group is us Christians, and obviously this needs to be talked about within each other. Um, accountability becomes an issue uh, versus judgmentalness, because a lot of people feel like you're being judgmental if you're just trying to like help them out. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of one of the things we need to keep in mind, and maybe we can help if we were all a little more open to criticism maybe just to kind of not make each other feel like we have to say a certain thing about our faith. All right, let's pray. Dear God, please give us the wisdom in our lives about when to speak out and when to hold our tongues. Let us be more humble and open to criticism of others and accountability. Thank you for the power of words and allow us to be a good picture of your son. Amen. Good morning. Um, so, like Isaac, um, I grew up in this church. So, ever since I was a young boy, I was, was a Christian, um, kind of followed my parents around, did what they did, um, so on. And um, about four years ago, when I was 13, um, my dad's soccer team went on a missions trip to Peru. And I was lucky enough to get to go along, and I was, I was ecstatic. Um, getting to go to Peru when I was 13 with a bunch of college kids, oh, it was great. Um, little did I know that um, that trip would sort of shape my faith as it is today. Um, I was able to see the passion that um, the players on his team had for Christ and see the passion that my dad had. And um, uh, 
I was able to see the, the crones, the missionary family that we went to sort of be with and help out and um, see how he was using his whole life to sort of serve the Lord. Um, he currently is um, working at a seminary in Peru, and he trains future pastors. Um, and so being 13, um, it was a lot to just sort of take in and realize um, being in the, the Andes Mountains and just seeing that great phenomenon, um, I, was, I was awestruck. It was, it was awesome. And it really dawned on me that I didn't have as strong a relationship with Christ as some of the guys on my dad's team and my dad had. Um, and that made me want to have that relationship. So from then on, um, I have been, I've been growing in faith. And anytime anything's come up, I've always just thought of that opportunity I had and the impact it had on my life. Um, and in recent months, we have been um, getting ready to go on another missions trip. So in about three weeks, I will go back to Peru. And um, again, I'm very excited. And um, this time, I expect it will be a little different um, being older. Um, I'll be able to comprehend what is going on. And I will be able to... Um, understand what's going on and be able to participate more in what we are doing over there given that instead of being 13 I'm now 17 uh, I understand my faith better um, through the opportunity I had four years ago and um, next year I'll be a senior at Fillmore Central School uh, I'll be one of the older kids in the school uh, there'll be plenty of kids that look up to me for advice and uh, now like finding my faith and really strengthening my relationship with him. Uh, it's made it a lot easier to sort of talk to younger kids about it and sort of have the sense of confidence that it is now my own faith instead of the faith of just my parents or my community here. Um, so that's sort of what's been happening in my life, and uh, I continue to look forward to what God has in store for my life. Uh, let's pray. Um, dear Lord, I uh, thank you for this day. Uh, I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share today. Um, uh, please bless this next week as we go on doing what we do with our lives. Uh, I thank you for uh, Houghton College students that just graduated. Um, I thank you for the current Houghton College students that they will continue to do what they're doing uh, and they will um, get excited for next year. Um, I have a bunch of friends this year that are seniors at Fillmore um, that are going off to college next year. Just please be with them as their lives continue, um, and please stay with them as they go off to college and start their own lives. Thank you. Judges 7, 19 through 22. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets that they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men through the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah towards Zerera, as far as the border of Abel Mahola, near Tabith. Now, you have to understand, Gideon is a simple man. He is the least of the weakest clan in Manasseh. One day, while he is threshing wheat, the angel of the Lord comes to him and tells him to go defeat Midian, who is currently holding Israel captive. Now, for obvious reasons, Gideon is a bit uncertain about this, but the Lord tells him that he will be with him, and so, eventually, he goes. He takes with him 23,000 men. But God says that's too many men, that if they win, Israel will say her own strength has saved her. So he sends 22,000 men home. God says that's still too many. So he sends even more home until there are only 300 men. 300 men to defeat the Midianites, who are so numerous that their camels are like grains of sand on the seashore. Yet, lo and behold, they go down to the Midianites' camp, blow trumpets, and break jars, and God causes the men in the camp to turn on each other with their swords. As a rule, people base strength on physical things, the size of an army, how strong the men are, how good their weapons are, 
But we see in this passage that the real strength of this army comes from God. Too often, I think, we attribute our success completely to ourselves. We say to ourselves, I've worked hard, I've been strong and determined, and that's why I've been successful. We assume that if we just try hard enough, if we just want things enough, we can make them happen when, really, most of the time, all we can do is pray. We can't make miracles happen. The power to do miracles comes from God, not from man. The strength to do impossible feats comes from God. Our strength comes from God. This could be a frightening thought, the idea that your strength comes from an entity other than yourself. But I don't think it should be. I think it should be reassuring. We don't have to try harder, be stronger, more courageous, because God does it for us. He is the all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe. He is stronger than we can imagine, and he loves us even when we ignore him and disobey him. He protects us when we cannot protect ourselves. He keeps us safe when we are in danger and gives us courage when we are weak. And he does all this because he loves us more than we could ever imagine or comprehend. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? See with me. 
Would you stand and receive the benediction? May God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.